Would you like for me to tell you a little joke? Yes? Are you laughing now? Welcome to episode 31 of Embrace the Suck, the only official licensed, sanctioned, idiot-proof podcast of APG, bringing you two cents worth of free perspective on the heavy-hitting lifestyle. I'm your host, Bill Hart, coming to you almost live this time from India, with a brand new record for a single day reporting for new COVID-19 infections. All right. As of October 10th, India registered 73,272 new cases. Congratulations, India. That's good going right there. It's always nice to be recognized. So India looking at 6.9 million total cases to date with 107,000 dead, meaning that if you're in India and you catch COVID, then you've got a 0.015% chance of dying. So that's a pretty good showing, right? But they've still got a pretty long way to go to catch up with the global leader, in COVID-19 infections. Guess who? None other than the United States of America. Yours truly, the red, white, and blue. Let's hear it though for 7.6 million total cases and 213,000 dead. Which means that if you're in the U.S. and you catch COVID, then you've got a 0.028% chance of dying. So not quite, but almost, almost double your chances of what you would have in India. So that's, I mean, we're doubling right there. I mean, we're, we're a head and shoulders above, and that's the way we do it, right? It's the way we do it. USA, 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 right? No half-stepping in here. But you want to laugh? You want to talk about leading from the rear? Stupid Russia's single-day record is only 12,800. It's like you're not even trying. Pathetic, right? So when this is in Russia, they've got 1.2 million total cases, and only, get this, 22,000 dead. That's it. What I mean, you're not even making an effort. That's a 0.018% chance. If you get the COVID, that's all that's the only that's all you have is a 0.018% chance of dying. But if we look at this in a little bit of a through a little bit of a different lens, you know, you want to get a true picture of just how much the US is crushing this thing. All right. India, yeah, you had, you know, what was it, 73,000? Let me scroll back up here. 70. 3,272 people. Okay. Single day record. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Terrific. Good for you. But how many people do they have total? 1.3 billion. 1.3 billion. So, I mean, I almost feel cheated, you know, when I look at that number, because that means, you know, yeah, good for you. You got 73,000, but now out of the total population, if I'm trying to die from COVID, I've only got a 0.00008% chance. That's hardly a chance at all. I mean, in the U.S., what do we got? 360 million people here. But at least here, I'm walking around with a 0.00059% chance. Right? I mean, then that's a respectable piece of a chance, isn't it? I mean, again, you look at stupid Russia, 145 million uh, total population there. And over there, if you're trying to die of COVID, that's 0.00015%. And it is just it just goes to show that the USA is so far ahead of any, any competition 
that we're winning in total number infected, total number of dead. And if you get it, your chances of dying if you catch the COVID-19 top of the charts. Nobody's matching us. Nobody. And possibly the category that separates the good from the great, right? The total percentage of the population that has died from COVID-19. And I mean, if you want to talk about like German efficiency, yeah, I'll show you 9,000 COVID deaths. Don't make me laugh. I mean, with a population of 83 million, you know, we can give Germany a little bit of slack there. But I mean, that's still only a 0.0001% chance of picking up that six feet of free real estate if you're German. I mean, even Russia, stupid Facebook ad buying Russia is outperforming you. I mean, have some self-respect. Right now, and then we look at what, Japanese work ethic? Come on, man, a population of 126 million. What do they, what do they bring to the table? 88,000 cases, right? And how many dead? 1,600. 1,600, are you kidding me? That's a crummy 0.00001% chance of checking out. Those are rookie numbers. And I'll tell you what, it's a good thing the entire global economy slammed on the brakes because there's just no telling what would have happened if these countries that are supposed to be adhering to some kind of standard as global leaders were allowed to just keep phoning it in and letting USA, USA continue to carry the load. But what, what are we going to slack off though? Do Americans slack off? No. Are we going to start looking for these little itty bitty numbers just because everybody else is too busy horsing around with stupid stuff like food and trains or whatever? Hell no, that's because that's not who we are. We're USA, USA, and we're going to maintain that gold medal caliber performance even if we got to rename motorcycles as motor COVIDs and list everybody who wipes out in Florida as a virus casualty. We'll do it. That's because that's the kind of winners we are. In fact, we're so far out in front. Next Olympics, they should just rename the gold medal and call it the red, white, and blue medal. I'll even go a step further and say it's high time we start pushing some government funding to see if gold itself can be atomically restructured to make it appear as red, white, and blue. But if it's going to get done, we know there's only one kind of science person who can do it, and it sure isn't going to be some Japanese scientist with some 1 in 10 million chance of not screwing it up. I mean, for crying out loud, COVID. Well, nice try, India. USA still out in front, though, so we'll just see how long we can hold on to that, if anybody, anybody can even make a showing. All right, I think my sarcasm meter is just about pegged. I think that's enough of that for a little while. Get a quick beard update. We're staring at the business end of month seven, and I'll describe this piece the same way I would describe a brand new ice cream truck. Well-oiled and sweet. Not one in 10 million sweet, but I'm also not Japanese, right? So, right. So, let's move along to the topic. Topic this week, Moscow Rules Mark II. So I thought this might be a good topic given the very Soviet flavor of the news story for this time around. And uh, Moscow Rules Part II, this was, this was kind of something that I had put together while I was working overseas. And um, we modified it a little bit, you know, to pass on to, to our clients, primarily to, to pro athletes, because a lot of these things apply to them. But... Since we got some downtime and things are kind of slow, I thought I would share it with you guys and you see what you think. So if you get a chance, you can Google search or, you know, whatever search, duck, duck search, or I don't know, whatever other cool, you know, not connected to anything shady search engine that's even out there. Pravda search. I don't know. Anyway, so you can, uh, you can internet search uh, Moscow rules and the original Moscow rules 
was for intelligence officers working out of Moscow for CIA. And the idea there was this is just like 10 little go-by rules to keep you in one piece because this really is like best operators running against best operators. So you got to be on your A game. But we kind of took a hold of that, modified it a little bit, and it's something that uh, that we've got a lot of good feedback on. So for us, this um, this Moscow Rules Mark II edition is part of a brief that we call Rules of the Road. And the Rules of the Road brief is a brief that we give to every team of rookie professional athletes that we stand in front of. And in the time that we've been doing that, nobody that has ever sat through that whole class has ever gone on to have one of these incidents like, you know, beating up your ex-wife in a Vegas elevator or, you know, any of the, the crazy stuff that you're carrying a gun into a club, you know, nothing like that. We haven't had any kind of a, of a situation like that. So we've been getting a lot of good traction with this class. And this is kind of the, uh, the wrap up for that class. So I'll go over with you guys real quick. It's just 10 little quick, easy rules, and it's things that you can apply in your everyday life too, even though you're not a professional athlete, probably. So we'll go over this real quick. Rule number one, hope is not a plan and luck is not a strategy. So this, um, I mean, this is something that a lot of team guys say, but when I was working in Afghanistan, um, I was working a lot by myself. I was driving around in a taxi doing some shady business, and I had to give a brief on like, you know, okay, how how are you doing business here? Where are you going to go if something gets weird or if you get stopped at a checkpoint or if somebody just starts shooting at you? So I had like from every major area that I operated in, I would have it almost building to building. Like I'm going to move here. I'll try to get comms. If I can't do that, I'll move through. I'll move through the bazaar and get to here. Try to get comms. And if that doesn't, I'll just keep bounding over and uh, try to get back to the compound. So some of that you could almost say it was a little bit dicey. But I can't go out there and try to be lucky. You know, your people say I'd rather be lucky than good. I've never been that lucky. So I got to settle for being good, right? Number two, have an out and have another. This speaks to contingency planning. As team guys, you know, us as consultants, even when we talk to other team guys, this is something that we notice that most people do not do. Contingency planning. When things go wrong, what are you going to do? And so many times I hear people just say, I'm just going to hope things don't go wrong. Well, what did number one say? What was rule number one? Hope is not a plan. So you need to have an out. So when things get weird, you need to have an out. Now, when I say have an out and have another, so put yourself in any situation, any of your daily situation, and looking at the state of things as it is out there in the real world right now, right? I mean, your daily situation could be peppered with, you know, potential issues. But if you've got an out... Right now, you've got to you've got to put some kind of a contingency, some kind of a plan B in action. Right. Like if this road is blocked and people are throwing Molotovs, I'm going to go two blocks over. I know I can get through on that road. Right. So if that's your that's your out. OK, cool. But now think of this. You had to put a plan B in play. That means things are already getting weird. That means your stress is up. That means the way of doing things that you're usually doing it the way you're accustomed to. That's off the table. All right, so now where you were doing things a normal way and you felt this need, you needed a contingency plan. Well, now look at this. You're already putting that contingency plan in play. It's much more precarious, but do you have a plan B for that? Which would be, you know, essentially a plan C. But do you have a contingency plan from there? Probably not. So you need one. That's why we say have an out and have another. 
Rule number three, plan your dive and dive your plan. Again, this is one of these that you'll hear team guys say again and again and again. Because anybody that's been around, you know, any kind of self-improvement thing for any amount of time, you'll hear the thing about goal setting. You got to have a goal. You got to know what you're trying to do. Plan out whatever your day, your year, your school semester, plan things out. How are you going to do this? How are you going to get from here to there? But what you see often is not when people fail, it's not because they set off on something and didn't have a plan it's that they, they set out and they didn't do what they knew they should do. One of the easiest things to me to compare this to is the weight loss thing. Like, what do you got to do to lose weight? Caloric restriction and exercise. This is easy. All right. This is not complicated. This is not magic. All right. So what do you got to do? I got to stop doing this, this, and this. I got to start doing that, that, and that. Now the hiccup comes when nobody does it. And then people are scratching their heads. I don't know. It's just not working. Okay. Well, you planned your dive, but did you dive your plan? Oh, well, not really. Okay, well, see, there's easy improvement. Your problem is obvious, right? Number four, burn your phone before it burns you. So this is one that we hit on pro athletes with all the time. Your biggest risk is that black square in your pocket, all right? That thing is a millstone around your neck. Easiest way for you to get in trouble. Now, granted, if you're listening to this, probably you're not one of these famous people that, you know, you're going to say the wrong thing to the wrong person and your $10 million contract is going to go up and smoke. Oh, golly gee, right? If I had a nickel, right? But for you, for, for an average person, when we say burn your phone before it burns you, you know, you look at how much divisiveness there is in the world, how much disharmony, how, I mean, Thanksgiving's coming, right? It's going to be argument time. How many of those arguments, how many of those positions that you're fighting tooth and nail with your own family over, how many of those opinions are opinions based on something you legitimately experienced? Now, I'm not talking about, I had this one thing happen to me, and that speaks to this much larger issue that somebody else told me about. No, something you actually know about firsthand that you've been involved in that has formed your opinion that you're fighting over right now. I will bet you 99.99999% of people fighting at Thanksgiving are going at it tooth and nail over things that they have no firsthand knowledge of. So where did you get these opinions? You got it out of that phone. You got it off that social media. You got it off that cooked up news. You got it off of some site somewhere where somebody wants to put something in your head to get you to fight with somebody else. Why? I don't know why. I'm not in the why business. I'm just telling you how it is. So put that thing aside. Make your life easier by making that thing farther away from you. All right, rule number five, say less. This is one of my favorites. Say less. That's a nice way to say shut up for a while. All right, as it applies to a lot of our clients, saying less means that like when you're somewhere precarious, maybe you're overseas, maybe you're around a lot of fans, maybe you're in an unfamiliar place, say less. Shut up for a while. Don't tell people what you're there for. Don't tell them what you're about. Don't tell them how long you're in town. You don't have to tell them anything about you, all right? Because one, you never know when you're going to step on the wrong toes. And two, you never know when somebody's targeting you, right? So overseas, I mean, you got a giant target painted on you just because you're American. And, you know, people could say like, oh, well, I'm Asian American. I'm African American. I'm whatever. I'll tell you something. You go overseas, you're obviously American. 
because Americans are well-fed, they're too loud, and they have expensive stuff. And it might not be expensive to you. It might not be, you know, expensive to somebody you saw at the airport, right? But compared to somebody pulling a wooden cart in a pair of sandals, you know, on the other side of the planet, everything you have is like a dream come true. So whether it's on the other side of the planet or it's, you know, on the other side of town, you don't got to give your opinion about everything you say, everything you think, or everything, you know, you believe. You can keep that stuff to yourself. Make your own life easier. Number six, another one of my favorites, flake. So we say flake here because, you know, when we talk with, with athletes and even with us overseas, people want to know where you're going to be. They want to know what your schedule is. And smart people, if they're looking to take advantage of you, they're going to try to get there ahead of you or they're going to try to plan whatever they're up to around whatever you're doing. So, you know, say worst case, somebody wants to kidnap you for ransom and shove you in the trunk of a car and, you know, drive off to the woods someplace. They're going to try to figure out, well, how long do I have? Do I got a week? Do I got a month? Do I got the next five hours to work this thing out? But if you don't hold yourself to any kind of schedule of, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go here. Oh, I said that I'd be at this one place and meet that one guy. No, you don't have to do that. So we say this to our athletic clients all the time. Just because, you know, you said I was going to come by your club or come by your restaurant. You don't have to do that. All right now, for regular people, this is, this is a commitment question here. So I learned a while back that one of the best things that you can keep in your pocket anytime you're talking to somebody is let me think about it. So somebody says, hey, can I put you down for this thing? Can we sign you up for this thing? Can I get you on the books for this, that, or the other service? Let me think about it. Because at the end of the day, the money in your pocket, you had to trade hours or days or weeks of your life to get that. When somebody else is coming by saying, can I give you this, 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 they're trying to give you this, this, this in exchange for that money. They're not just giving it to you because they want to give it to you for free. They're coming to you saying, can I get you to sign up for this so that I can get some of that money? In essence, can I get a little piece of your life? So as long as a piece of your life is what's on the table that look that someone's trying to look at getting away from you, right? you should not be shy about saying, well, let me think about it, or even saying yes and then saying, you know what, I changed my mind. I don't want to actually give a piece of my life to you. I'm going to actually keep that. I'm going to do something else with it. I'm going to go buy a hat with it. I'm going to buy a Hostess fruit pie. They're delicious, right? Number seven, never be where you are. Always be where you aren't. So this speaks to the concept of camouflage. So the idea of camouflage, when you say that, somebody thinks immediately of the green and the brown and the black, you know, splotchy colors that it's a camouflage uniform. And and in, in, in a normal person's mind, camouflage means that I'm hiding where something is. But this can also mean to present as though something is where it is not. So if I've got on camouflage, I, I'm trying to say that I'm not where I actually am. But as an example, there was a, during World War II, there was a, a magician that got hired on to make it appear as though this port was actually somewhere that it was not. So we got a bunch of boats lined up out in the water with a bunch of lights just so. And so when they put all the lights off in town and they have all the lights on on these boats strung out to look like the coastline. Now, when that place gets bombed, all of these bombs just fall right into the water because the people bombing thought that that was the coastline. So that's an example of camouflage. How that applies to you and how we have it apply to our clients is to say that you can use things like social media to present yourself as being sitting around the house or 
somewhere that you are not. Because an interesting phenomenon is that during things like the Super Bowl, this is when a lot of burglaries go down, all right? Because here are some very, very well-off people, and for an entire day, everybody knows that those people are not at home, all right? So there's not a lot you can do about something like that. But if someone does know that you're not at home and, you know, you can't afford high-end security, well, this sort of puts you at risk, doesn't it? So if you could present yourself as being there when you're not there, then cool. Or if you're someplace that might put you at particular risk, maybe you're, you know, helping dig a well in Zimbabwe or something. This might not be as safe a place as, say, you know, across town from where you live. So if you sort of keep that presence on the low down, then all you're doing is increasing your safety, right? So easy. Moving along, number eight, pick your friends, not the other way around. When I very first got to the Philippines, when I did this gig working out of the embassy there, I got there, I got on the ground, got checked into the hotel, and I went walking down the street to get something to eat. And now here comes this guy. Hey, my friend, my friend. Now here he comes. And this guy, I mean, this guy was a pro. Like this guy comes up. Hey, how you doing, man? I saw you uh, You pulled up in that whatever car. It was really cool. Hey, I, I used to have one like that. Hey, how long are you staying here? Where are you from? What are you doing? Where are you from in America? This guy's my best friend instantly, right? And he's, he wants to show me around. Hey, I don't want anything from you. Don't give me any money. Don't give me any money. This guy is my best friend just immediately. And what becomes apparent, you know, after you're there for a while is that this guy's not going to ask me for money, but this guy gets paid by these restaurants and bars and so on to bring people there. So he's your pal. He's your buddy. Hey, he's just some guy I met in the street. Yeah, I'll show you this really cool place. It's just right up here. Most people don't know about it. It's very special, very exclusive. I can get you in though. Come on, let's check it out. He's not even going to ask me for money. He's going to get money from these other people and then they're going to work me for money. None of these things I'm very interested in. But this rule applies pretty easily and really applies to anybody. You decide who your social circle is going to include. You decide who you're going to surround yourself with. If you're doing well in life, something you're always going to notice that there's going to be 99 people lining up to get a piece of it or to share their problems with you. Number eight, overkill is the preferred option. This is a frogman favorite. When in doubt, overload. Now, this kind of runs contrary to the way that most normal people go about life. Most people go through life saying, what can I do that's just enough to kind of get by and get where I need to be? All right. And then, you know, a lot of people will put in that effort and they come up short and they got to redouble their effort. But by then it's too late. And now you got to do it. This is looking at it like, no, I want everything to function beyond reproach, beyond possibility of going wrong. I'm not saying always, you know, trust the mechanic that says, oh, your huckleberry grinder is out. I'm saying as it applies to the way you live your life, you don't want to do that bare minimum, it should probably work fine approach. You want absolutely no doubt this will work. It's bomb proof. And last but not least, number 10, if there's any doubt, there's no doubt. All right. So especially, you know, everybody sees what's going on outside. There is, I mean, calling it civil unrest at this point is, I mean, it's pretty much a given. You know, and it's uh, it's not a matter of if or when you are touched in some way by this. So at this point, thinking of doing anything, thinking of going anywhere that you don't already know is 100% safe, thinking of going on vacation to a place that you're not completely familiar with, thinking of driving through a part of town that you're not completely familiar with. At this point, my recommendation is that contrary to the way most people think of things as if there's a good reason not to do this then I'll pass on it, right? That's not going to cut it anymore. At this point, you need to be beyond a doubt certain 
that what you're doing is a good idea. And if there's any doubt, well, then there's no doubt and you should not do it because right now things are just too, too dicey to be out there saying, well, if I have a good enough reason, I'll pass. No, man, your good enough reason is that you don't have a good enough reason to do it. And that goes for anything at this point, whether it's money you plan to spend, places you plan to go, people you plan to be around. If there's any doubt, there's no doubt. So that should just about do it for this time around. I think maybe next time we'll get a little bit more into the uh, the rules of the road production that we've done. We get a lot of questions about that from people we've we've gone over it with. But for now, if you've got any thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, you can send us an email at info at apg.team. And if you want to see what we have going on at APG, including checking out our, again, seriously, just updated website, you can take a look at that at www.apg.team. And if you dig what we're putting out, feel free to share it with a friend because, uh, as we always say, the world needs hitters. So, as the sun sets slowly in the east, we'll leave you with the words of the good old-fashioned Soviet saying about propaganda, if you need some weed, just go to the radio.